Welcome to Speaks Loud in the Words, episode 11. I am your host, Dave Reed. In this episode, we are joined by Kid Bass, and he talks us through his upbringing of gospel and country music. It was cool to get to know his background a little bit. I don't think everybody's had the kind of background that he's had, like he mentioned. Um, you'll see in the podcast what I'm talking about, I guess. Don't forget you can find us on facebook.com forward slash Warner Chapel UK and on our Twitter at Warner underscore Chapel. Chapel spelled C-H-A-P-P-E-L-L. Yeah, yeah. Right, saying, um, yeah, I was just about to say was uh, working with a guy just about to pitch some stuff to Eminem. So, you uh, are? Yeah. Well, I'm not pitching it directly. Okay, but it's uh, Rhymes who um he did Wiley's um Heatwave and the one with Skepta as well. So yeah, that's uh that's like a good little little uh, partnership we're doing. Hopefully, Eminem cuts on the way. Hopefully, so nice. So would you prefer to go by Kid Bass or by your name? Uh Kid Bass. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Trying just, to build just up so, a just so we know, yeah. bit of a brand here. Cool. You know. Yeah. So Kidbase, thank you so much for coming yeah, in and taking the seat and uh, just sitting with us definitely, to definitely. talk about your songwriting. Exactly. We're just going to jump right in to yeah. talk about um, the music that you listened to mm-hmm. when you were a kid before you could actually choose the music you listened to, if that makes sense. Yeah. So what were your parents listening to? Maybe siblings so or friends? So things I was exposed to. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. As a kid. um, Well, my dad was a devout Christian, so it was really hard to get any popular music i was listening to like gospel music like for 24 7 i knew nothing else uh-huh. like it would be cassettes of like gospel choirs gospel groups solo singers so that's all i knew in um in the west indies because uh, my dad's from st lucia that's where i was born as well um country was huge so like literally before i i knew any music i was listening to country and gospel and that's it <laughs> Like, and my dad was forcing me to play guitar and I didn't want to learn it because I hated that stuff. But um, it's funny because I was thinking about this on the way on the way here. Um, it's like, even with that, you couldn't escape like people like Michael Jackson, like creeping through. Even like Elton John, like I was listening to Scatman just by hearing it on the radio. So um, it's a strange um, upbringing in terms of music I've had. Um, mm-hmm. I'd say that... The little peaks I had into popular music made me so interested in it that, like, I was going. This is going to be my career path anyway, even if I didn't want to play the guitar. Now I'm playing it. What so. age was that? Um, might have been five years old. Seriously, that yeah, young? Yeah, five years old. You knew? Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, five years old. It's funny. Um, my dad used to have uh, amps and guitars around, and it's like I was never attracted to them. But one day I managed to distort the amp. And like when I played it, it was like like this whole rock tone coming out. I was like, oh my god, I got to keep this a secret and remember the settings. And I couldn't get the sound back, but uh, literally that made me so interested in like just developing my own taste of music that I I don't think I even had a choice after that. Okay. So, yeah. So from that time in your life, going maybe into your teens, mm-hmm. I mean the obvious question is to ask, what was the first record you bought? But you know, elaborate from okay. that. What we what we what artists did you kind of seek out and start listening to? Uh, first record I bought, that's really, that's difficult, you know. Um, first single I remember buying, like, with my own money and not just stealing it from my brother or something was actually Mr. Oizo, um, Flatbeat. I don't know if anyone remembers that. It was like a <laughs> garagey, housey 
very bass driven puppet um was that in the uk song. or was that back in that, that was in the uk okay that was in the uk i've been up here since i was like two so oh, i see yeah okay. and that was a cd single first one i bought after that i haven't i don't think i bought much cds after that it's all been vinyl like since then so um the first vinyl i bought was from a wu-tang um, member called killer priest and that was like yeah my hip-hop days i was like yeah i've got a vinyl record i'm doing it properly i've got my baggy jeans on i've got my baseball cap yeah so Okay. And so you so, went yeah. into that kind of the garage hip hop you just said. Yeah, it was like with the UK. It's you you have a mix between genres like hip hop. Hip hop kind of has an influence on other music. So like when I was a kid, you had garage MCs, and garage MCs only existed because of hip hop. It's like I think the UK was trying to find its own sound and find something that's unique. And if you think about artists like Wiley, come from that scene where they were basically rapping over garage beats and uh, jungle beats. I was always into more of the urban side and the grassroots and people coming from estates kind of sound of music. So that was just always around me. Mm. And I always wanted to, even when I was young, I kind of envisioned the place we are now with music and us being on the charts and actually having some success from it. But literally we were just in a flat with a mic and a couple of old battered decks with broken like needles and and stuff that's sounding terrible so it's just great to see things come this uh yeah. this far and so how old were you when you bought that first record the vinyl or both uh when did that beat come out i think that was 99 might have been 13 13 yeah okay, then, 13 yeah yeah and the uh, vinyl I got into when I was probably about 14, 15. Mm -hmm. And you've been collecting kind of ever since? Um, yeah, I've got uh, probably about 2,000 vinyls now. Brilliant. So, yeah, it's, it's uh, getting deep. And I always cringe when people tell me they're throwing away the vinyl collection because I could never actually part with it. I think I'd have to be gone and not know about it for somebody to give it away. Oh. I'd literally go nuts. It's like precious. So, yeah. It's not only precious, it's the... It's the the work put into it, like um, all the years. Yeah, the it's money, the years. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. research as well. So it's not just like sentimental for no reason. It's uh, sentimental in the fact that I I was crap at buying vinyl, like because the way um, especially the producer collects, they go to probably the record store and pick up old vinyl just to hear if they can get a sample from it. I was terrible at that. I'd always pick up like easy listening tunes and that I just wouldn't be able to use in anything and end up wasting like 20 quid or something. So it's like, it was, to me, that's a lot of development I see just on my collection. I can see go from cheesy, terrible music to stuff I can actually use, like psych and like foreign, like Turkish kind of stuff as well. So yeah, cool. definitely proud of that. Cool. And so you mentioned about picking up the guitar when you were pretty young, being kind of forced to play that, right? Yeah, I was, yeah, yeah. I was forced to play so, that. Yeah. Has there been ever a time where you've picked up the guitar and you've wanted to? Apart from that, that time where you put the distortion. I play guitar on. now. You still you I play, I guitar, play guitar. You now, play guitar. Yeah. Now, I, st yeah. I started again when I was like fifteen. Yeah. But it was it was kind of a. Uh, everybody around me, like, because I come from a place where a lot of people make beats, a lot of people make music, and like are trying. And I, I was like, what can set me apart? Somebody said to me, "You have a heritage of people playing guitar, playing." piano like you've got musical heritage like do not um undermine that so i was like you know what? i've got like three guitars in the house that are just doing nothing let me uh, pick it up and try and incorporate it into what i'm doing so yeah yeah i started back when i was 15. 
and it's kind yeah, of just so continued. Yeah, I've never stopped doing this. And I'm not great, but and is it the same with with piano? If did you pick up piano? Ah, uh, yeah, no yeah. piano, piano. I probably picked up like earlier because as you start producing, the the only way you can do it is by playing a keyboard. So. Sure. Yeah, so probably about piano keyboard when I was like eleven. So. Cool. So, when did you start putting stuff together, producing? Actual like my own productions. Yeah. Um, it started exactly the time I started back on the piano keyboards, so about eleven, twelve. This okay. is like ninety eight, I think was my first beat I made and I've got it on tape somewhere. You do? Yeah. Oh. It's probably terrible but it's on tape. Should have brought it in with you. Yeah, could play it. <laughs> Guys you know, in in the future it might become worth something as well. Yeah. You know, so Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's really cool. I don't know, I'd cringe if I heard it again. So, so why do you produce today? Why? Yeah. What, as in what, a, what, what continues what to motivates me? Yeah. In terms, of, uh, there's a magic feeling you reach when you've created something that's from nothing to something that it kind of resonates with you. I always search for that feeling. I'm mm. creative by nature, and it's like you can you can sit down sketching or you can sit down producing for hours and hours and hours, come up with nothing, and then all of a sudden, like there's five minutes of magic. And oh uh, yeah, that's what I look for, and that's what motivates me to keep doing it. Because literally, I could have stopped ages ago and be like, "This is my masterpiece. I'm not working again." So yeah. Sure. And yeah. what what is the magic piece? What 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 is that? That it's it's literally just a feeling. Like, it's a feeling. It's, yeah, okay. it's literally just a, a feeling. I think most creative people will Feel. tell you um, that there's a point where things start to come together, and that's where the biggest magic happens. Like mm. where you're like, "Wow, this is something." What if I did this and then that works and then you're like, okay, now I should do this and that works. So, is that feeling brought on by I don't know, a certain type of the rhythm, beats, or melody line, or is it just the accumulation of all of it that? It's the whole package, to be honest. It's all. It's like all perfectly in a, line. Like, if you start producing, say you're working on drums, like you have a good drum pattern, that's just a good drum pattern. If you have a good melody, that's just a good melody. Yeah. Like same with a good bass line or same with a good uh, like good lyric or something. So when they all come together, that's when you're like, aha, this is it. This is great. So, okay. Yeah. And so, say, you, I don't know, you're walking around, you know, a shopping mall or something, mm -hmm. and like you hear a song for the first time. Yeah. And you're like, and you, you just, it just makes your head turn, and you're just like, yeah. whoa. Yeah. We just talked about melody lines and rhythm and beats yeah, and things. Yeah. Yeah. What is the most important thing to you that makes your head just turn head around turn. and just like, um, whoa, that's just such a good song? Needs to sound interesting. What makes it interesting? Um, is it the Turkish beats and the? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Actually, it is um the more unique a sound is, the more it's the less common it is. I think the more I'm attracted to it, especially if it, it's comfortable, and I mean comfortable in sense if it makes sense rhythmically, if it makes sense melodically. Um, but it, it also is kind of strange if it's. It's kind of hard to underpin. It needs to be something unique that is not common, but then it fits in very well with uh, like the classic music we all love. Like DJ Quick described it the best. It needs to sound brand new, but like it's always been there. That's a good way of putting yeah, it. Yeah, that's, that's definitely a concise way of putting it. Definitely. And so, with with your own producing and songwriting, what is your first thought to make a good record? Uh. Do I like it? 
Do you like it? Yeah, do I like it? What makes you like your own record? Um, Apart from that magic feeling. Bro, there's not really one answer to that. Literally, um, it really depends on whether I've achieved what I thought um, before I even started it. Say, if I had an idea that I wanted to realize, it's whether I've met that goal. To be honest, you sometimes just experiment and coming up with uh, what you like. Mm. Yeah, I, I literally don't know what makes me like. Sure. Maybe it's the influences I had as a child if it goes with that. Say yeah. if it sounds like a Michael Jackson record, I'm going to love it. Yeah. And be like, it sounds like Michael. Yeah. So yeah, I really don't know. And so so getting into the the I guess the process itself. Yeah. What's your first priority? Is it I mean, what's your starting point with a song? Is it um yeah. you're gonna lay a rhythm or a beat down and then you're gonna work from that? Um, what what would what would you do? There's a if if you're going going kind of cold into making a beat, yeah. or into making a record in general, you probably would start with the drums. But if I've had time to think about it, and generally this is turning into like eighty to ninety percent of the time, if I have time to think about it, it's going to be melody first. The melodies in my phone, I might bounce that into the computer and like work off the melody and like try and find it on the keyboard. Okay. So literally, like, I've always had this thing where I, I like to keep things open. Like, I never, ever, ever pin down my uh, techniques because literally every day I'm challenging myself. When I challenge myself to create something new, in fact, I'm more inclined to like it. Because if I did something that I did a million times, it's like by the time I did it the, the millionth time, it's like it's, it's, it's not exciting anymore. So hmm. that's part, to answer your previous question, that's part of what makes me like a record as well that I've made is that have I pushed the boundary of what I've done before it doesn't necessarily need to be new to the world but it needs to be new to me mm. at least so okay yeah it's it's something different to yourself yeah yeah yeah, yeah 100%. I guess yes you're always pushing your comfort zones and like you're learning yeah. more and more about what you can do I think um somebody actually said human beings are kind of they love novelty so like you're always you're always looking for the new thing like yeah. that will kind of keep your interest for a bit yeah and then you're off to something new so yeah. definitely so you've um so let's just say we went with the warm approach mm -hmm. if you've got your melodies in your phone mm -hmm. you put it across to your your computer yeah and you start working on it what's the next point you you're working on the rhythm you mentioned about the chord progression with the keys yeah, and things yeah um like working with others like mm -hmm. do you go in cold with them like you say or do you kind of see what um, if they've already got some ideas and you just bounce some ideas across with them if I'm working with somebody new, I like to listen to their music before I do it because um, you can get a sense of who they are. And like, even if the way the human mind works, even if you're not consciously thinking about it, you will kind of generate ideas just because your brain's always going, you're stuck with it, you know, or just keep on working. So um, it depends on what the session is like. Uh, some some people like to go on with cold because um, they've got so many ideas that it's like, what's the point? <laughs> like, just go in there, see what they're doing and see yeah. what ideas come of it. But other people I kind of have goals with and like I want to create something that they're comfortable with but bring them into my world. So it, again, like I, I don't really pin down what I'm going to do. It's like literally if it feels right to do it, I'll do it. If it feels like I'm leading it in the wrong direction, I'll change. So What about if you've known somebody for a couple of years and you, you've worked before you know a couple of years yeah like you know you, you've, you've met them before yeah. you've had a writing session with them um before. well the artist i work with mainly is sincere he's actually mm -hmm. um pretty much like 
partners to each other. Um, sure. He's right, my right hand man. I'm his right hand yeah. man in a way. So it's weird with sincere because there's always ideas. No matter when, what day. Today I've got ideas I got to work with and discuss with um, him about. So with him, it's it's really organic. Um, other people like because he's the only one I've worked with for such a long time. Um, I really couldn't answer that in a broad term, but between me and him, it's like somehow, some way, there's always a new idea. There's always something new and interesting to work on. I guess that's kind of like a click that you found. Yeah, I and think it's just, so. It's yeah. very natural. There's no yeah. real effort there. That's I think that comes ideas. also from being like-minded in a way, because um, we're both very creative. So it's like we, we both will passively create. We'll both be like, you know, that sounds amazing. What if I do this? Or what if I say to um, sincere, how about you do a rhyme like this, or how about you do a topic like this? Um, we did a track called "Ain't Nobody Like You," which was just me hearing a random little snippet, putting it together, and being like, "How about this for a whole track?" And you rap like about this or about that. And um, he'll come to me. Um, there's a track called "Deja Vu." Uh, I wrote an original of "Deja Vu" like way back, and he was like, "You know, let's resurrect the uh, concept." So yeah, even the sample idea was his as well. Oh, so. cool. It's like somehow I really don't know with him, but um, yeah, he's the only artist I've worked with for like a very extended period mm -hmm. of time. So, do you, yeah. do you prefer to work with others or do you like working on your own? Um, what in the general sense of creating? Yeah. Um, yeah. I like both. To be honest with you, there's a space and freedom of working on your own, but there's also a limitation because you're stuck with your own ideas. Mm. With other people, you get ideas you just wouldn't expect. So. Yeah. yeah, um I like both. I probably am more used to working on my own though. But it's it's not that I prefer one to the other. So. Yeah. Okay. Mm. You just mentioned uh, the song Ain't Nobody Like You. Yeah. yeah. Let's go right into that. Like so what yeah. was your what was your, you you mentioned how you picked out a sample and yeah. used that. Yeah. Um was that the very beginning, the the whole picking of the sample and then it just kind of rose from there? No, it was it was thinking about what like literally it was a uh, me waking up one day like I'm literally like while I was still half asleep thinking you know what um the drums on Timberland and Jay Z's are uh, big pimping are really cool. What if I just lay down something similar and see what goes with it? If I played you the original um ain't nobody like you, you'd think this is terrible. Be like this is the worst. Like where did you come with that melody? Like it took it actually took me a week to put that together. Um, I had the intro from the previous week, then I had uh the drums from a day, then I had the melody from the day after, then I thought, you know, there needs to be a concept or a tagline, let me find words to get in fact the words aren't even sample that is like one string. You couldn't go to the record and like pick out exactly um one like phrase. It's actually different little words, it's ain't and then a nobody here, then a like, and then a you over there. So it's like, even at first, people were like, oh, it's not too clear, and I had to work on it to get it exactly timed right. But literally, it's a brand new melody uh, taken from different words from a record. So it's, it's a strange process, yeah, and it took is. me seven days to do it, but it was worth it, 100% worth it. And like the seven days it took me to do that means that I can probably do that in like one or two days now, so. Okay, yeah. what does it normally take you to put something together? No, there is no normally. Like I'm oh. such an <laughs> open person, like in yeah. terms of uh, making a record, literally me and Sincere are kind of the same, that same way. Um, it's like 
we will do what it needs. Like any anything that needs doing, we'll do it. If we feel like the record um, needs a, a, a professional air to it, we'll go and find that person who can mix the record. Like I've gotten into mixing myself. So if, if it takes a month to finish a record, we'll do that. It actually took, um for the mix of Ain't Nobody Like You, it took a month. So, and we got probably about 10, 10 to 20 mixes back from that, so. What was your, yeah. what was your favorite thing about that song? When it was done and I could just listen to it. Like literally when the beat was thrown down and it was all arranged and I could just listen to it as a song. Um, it was like, it felt like I hadn't made it. And that's the, that's actually one of the great parts of music when you can uh, spend two or three months working on it, not listening to it for a bit and then listen to it like it's new and like it's not your record. Then all of a sudden it's like, wow, it just feels amazing again. Yeah, so. That's cool. Yeah. And, that's my favorite part. And so how did that work with Sincere differ to other work that you'd worked with him? Like, was it, what was different um, about that About that record specifically? Yeah. yeah. Um, not very, not very different in terms of like process. Okay. Because, again, like I said, we're very much like if the record is lacking something, we'll go through any length to make sure it has what what we think it's lacking. So, um, in terms of uh, process, that was exactly the same as we always <laughs> do. Work really hard. Yeah. To make sure it's the best we can make it. And so you yeah. said, you mentioned working with other people apart from sincere. Yeah. Do you find you have a very different process to songwriting and producing with those people? Um, yeah, because literally I don't like to take my preconceptions in with me to any uh, studio session that I do. Um, so literally if somebody says I'm going to bang out 10 songs today, I'll be like, cool, let's go for it. Wow. Um, Nagash, this is the last session I did, he just has his own energy. Like he'll just hear something and then want to throw the words down. So it's like... If that's your energy, I'll kind of mold myself around that and make sure that that I'm setting up the session right, that I'm uh, that the sound is right, that I've done my best on making sure that you can throw down what you need to throw down. Then I'll go away and work on it. So, mm-hmm. literally, uh, uh, like I'm I'm very pliable in that sense. Mm-hmm. Like I'll make sure that the process is adapted to the artist because the artist is the one who's going to be expressing. Like, they are the words, they are what your ears are attracted to on a record. Like, what I do is literally just creating a soundscape and, like, a scene for the um, record to be. So, literally, I want the artist to shine. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what... So, you're just making that happen for them, basically. Basically. I mean, I might take some shine. I might make a real dope beat, but... Yeah, it's it's literally always going to be about having the sense of the artist. So I think that's yeah. actually a really good point, just yeah. for their creativity. Yeah, uh, just being able to mold around them. Yeah, I think that's yeah. um. Yeah, I, I don't know how many producers do that, but yeah. um, that's to be honest. I've because um the kind of upbringing I've had is a very musical upbringing, and it's like um a lot of people. That I've met along the way were into arrangement, they were into like your old school hip hop, they were into gospel and so everything. So like I've always known that how you arrange a record literally is going to be um indicating what's the focus. So say if you wanted your um strings to be a focus on the record, you'd kind of mold everything around that. So yeah. I've taken that whole kind of thought process to be as to be how about um be a person like that? I mold around 
what I want the focus yeah. to be. So, you know, every record's different. I might want the focus to be the beat. Yeah. And so I'll kind of say, all right, let me make that the focus. And But if I'm working with someone, they're the artist, I'm like, no, let me make sure they're the focus and they're comfortable. So, yeah, that's a really yeah. good idea. And what is it like when you meet somebody for the first time? Because obviously you don't know anything about first them. First time. Right? It, it so you, you don't know how to like be yeah. around them or to how to yeah. as you say mold around them yeah, yeah, yeah you just kind of like just go into the session just like do whatever and you just find out as much as you can about them and just yeah you gotta be, be quiet for a second and yeah. just like <laughs> see back. what they're doing yeah no um it's it's exciting it's kind of scary sometimes because especially if they're a big name mm-hmm. um but literally most people i've never had a bad session experience most people like you can get where they want to go and what they're about in probably about five to ten minutes. I remember um, Jai told me SX has, on his 20-minute um, car journey, he, he tries to be people's best friends to find out everything he can about them. And to answer you, yeah, that's literally what you have to do in the first ten minutes or so. Mm. It's like just ask good questions that get to know what their kind of feelings are about um, where they want to go with what um, you're working on. So, mm. yeah. And that will help with the record, of course, yeah. 100%. To be yeah. honest with you, because uh, records are so emotionally attached to the voice of the artist or to um, the sounds that you're using, like, literally, that's the only way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I'm sure you're obviously very aware of what processes you've used in the past. Mm-hmm. Like, are there any processes you think in, I haven't done that before, I quite like to do that, and you've always been yeah. scared to do well, it's funny because I don't know what I've n- not done. Before. I guess so. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm guessing I'll find it. Like yeah. I find, I always try and find it, mm. even if I feel like I've exhausted every single opportunity. I'll try and find it. Mm. Like there's literally points of hit. I thought I've done everything. What can I do? Mm. It's like I know everything. I've done everything. It's like it's not true. <laughs> it's so tr- it's yeah. not true at all. You always learning. And tomorrow's another day. Yeah, right? tomorrow's always another, another day. Artist, it's like yeah. I might go home today and be like, oh, why not think of this before? Like, yeah. or. It's even little things like just how you approach mixing the sound, how what effects you might put in it, literally will be um, like something new that you may may or not have, you may not have had a source for discovery, but you just discovered it on your own. And uh, there's also looking for it. There's like, I mean, every day is a new magazine showing you how to mix this record, how to, what new sounds there are available. So there's always going to be something new to us. Mm-hmm. And I, nobody knows where genre and um, what's big is going. Like, dubstep was big like a year or two ago. I'm sure it's still probably big in the US, but in England, if you do the dubstep record now, you're kind of teetering on the edge of it not going anywhere. So, oh, yeah. so like, literally, who knows where uh, next month might bring music. Yeah, so, what, so you said that about dubstep. Yeah. What kind of stuff are you trying to do right now to kind of keep you right now, on the forefront? I am trying to be me. You're trying to be yeah like literally I think that's um from everyone I've seen like uh, it's funny that because a, a producer I look up to who's um who's doing his own thing is kind of labyrinth um with earthquake it was, was kind of dubstep inspired but it was so it's so unique and so it sounds like him so much that you could play that record in, in ten years time and it'd still be a big record mm. so um yeah I take my tips from like people like Neptune's Timberland people who have their own signature. So you want to find your signature? Yeah, and it's not like saying that Neptune's Timberland Labyrinth want to sound like them. It's like no, I don't want to sound like them. It's just that what they've done is they've created their unique lane. Yeah, and that's what I want to do for myself as well. So yeah, yeah. so that's the thing to find. That is the thing to find, yeah. and 
I don't know how I'm going to do it. I'm going to let it be a bit natural, but yeah, when I find it, it's uh, hopefully yeah. it'll be very apparent. So. Yeah. Okay, well, I hope it goes well with Funny Sound. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming to yeah, chat no with us. Yeah, no problem, man. It's been no really good, so yeah, thanks, Kid Bass. Cheers, this is great. Kid Bass is another producer we've spoken to who talks about that magical feeling. Ed Druitt spoke about it in the first one. He called it an energy. It seems to be kind of a common theme amongst songwriters who they kind of wait for this amazing moment that where the, just everything kind of comes together and it just seems to just work and um, I think that's something that young songwriters and up-and-coming people really should take notice of and they should wait for those moments because it seems to be that those songs really seem to have a massive impact on these producers and songwriters. Until next time, 